0: Podcast For the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world, today is Tuesday, September 13th. The home stretch of the 2022 season officially begins. Yes, Grand Slam Tennis is done for the year, but we still have plenty of fascinating storylines to monitor. Plenty of intriguing tennis still to be played this season, of course. We'll cover it all here on the Mini Break Podcast until the 2022 season comes to its official conclusion. Of course, this week, don't worry. We've got the cure for your 2022 U.S. Open hangover. There are seven events we're going to be monitoring throughout the course of the week on this show. I should say eight events as on the men's side, no tour level tournaments, but we do have the latest iteration of Davis Cup happening this week. Now, to be honest, I'm not entirely sure what the format of... Of the Davis Cup event is at this point God knows they've changed it what five times in the past decade something like that I owe it to you tennis fans to do more research on the topic we'll have a Davis Cup centric episode at some point this week where we'll talk about the most surprising results we'll talk about the most intriguing rubbers yes love the fact that the Davis Cup ties are called rubbers uh, we'll get into all of those throughout the course of the week going to steer away from that, though, on today's show. I want to talk about the seven other events I'm monitoring, and I'm not going to break down seven events for you on today's show, but we do have two WTA 250 events happening on the calendar this week. You've got the action in Portorož, which actually drew a pretty healthy field. Certainly top seed Emma Raducanu now outside of the WTA Top 50 for what it's worth. She needs a title this week in Porteros to re-enter the top 50, I believe, a title this week, barring some runs from some other players, should get her to right around number 50 in the rankings. And of course, once you're in the top 50, you may have to play qualifying, but you usually get into the Indian Wells and the Miami and the you know 1,000 level events, the biggest tournaments in the professional calendar. You usually get into them. I don't know why it took me so long to find those words, but Typically, top 50 is your entry point. And look, Radakanu's is a teenager, and I believe there are only four teenagers currently in the WTA top 100. You've got Goff, you've got Fernandez, you've got Jung Chin Wen, and you've got Emma Raducanu. Now, there are a bunch of talented teenagers nipping at the bit to make their top 100 debut down the home stretch of this season. And certainly, that's a storyline we're going to be monitoring here on this show over the course of the next few months. But big week for Raducanu in Porta Rosa obviously lost so many points by losing first round at the U.S. Open, did not defend her title, so she's on the title hunt this week, of course. You've got some other players to keep an eye on, Beatrice Haddad Maya, who is a top five player in terms of total wins this season on the WTA Tour, Elena Rabakina, your 2022 Wimbledon champ, looking to regain her momentum heading into next year. And then you've got a plethora of upsets that have already occurred, a plethora of young players, indeed. Monitor already this week. That's just the action in Porto Rose. Of course, you've also got the action in Chennai as well. Now you've already had some seeds upset there as well. It starts with Anastasia Gasanova, who knocked out top seed Ali Risk two and three in the round of 32. Now still some talented seeds in the field: Vara Gracheva, Magda Lynette, Tatiana Maria. You've got some talented dark horse players as well: Jeannie Bouchard. Not the two players with Grand Slam semifinals, and in the case of Bouchard Finals, under their belt looking to regain their forms following long layoffs. Katie Swan, the always talented young British player. I think she still counts as a young, talented British player in the field as well. Lots of things for us to get into. Of course, the 125 in Bucharest as well. And then on the men's side, I mentioned no tour-level events, but... We get to return to our roots here on this Crack Racket Show because one of the – what's the plural of impetus? Is it impetuses? That doesn't sound right. Is it impetai? I don't think it's impetai, but an impetus to beginning this – daily podcast known as the mini break podcast was the fact that there are so many great events happening day in day out not just at the tour level but the challenger level the itf level and my former podcast co-host maxwell labauer rothman and i used to get into arguments because i'd want to cover everything there would be a first round match on monday that caught my eye and he'd be like dude we're recording this on thursday monday's matches are no longer significant and to an extent he was right and so the solution was to form this daily podcast so we'd be able to do things like monitor the action happening on the Challenger Tour, which, given there's no ATP Tour-level events happening this week, yes, there's Davis Cup, but now's the time to nerd out, folks. For us here at Cracked Rackets, it means getting back to our roots, watching the carry Challenger, of course, the 2014 and 15— well, I should say 15 and 16 Tennis on Campus Nationals, a.k.a. the Club Tennis uh nationals uh, were played at the Kerry tennis park where this challenger is being held so that's a facility near and dear to my heart i have a photo of my dad i mean he's never gonna listen to this my mom may tell him that i said this but whatever the photo that comes up is of my dad on a swing set answering a phone in carry and let's just say his boxers were showing in the photo as well so it's a really funny photo of him on a work call and you're like what's her? i mean this successful man Answers the phone like this, and yet he's as successful as any human I know. I'm just like, how does this work? What a fantastic oxymoron. Anyways, Cary Tennis Park near and dear to my heart and the home of the 2022 Cary Challenger. We've already had some fun results there. Certainly today, one of my aces of the day where I offer picks and the matches I watch most closely on any given day happening in the professional tennis world, which if you are looking for preview content of every day, head on over to our website, crackrackets.com or just head directly to the Great Shot podcast feed, home of those preview episodes. We're going to have those six days a week moving forward in partnership with our friends at DraftKings. So look for more preview content. It's going to be on the Great Shot podcast feed, but we're going to have more of that for you all moving forward. And again, a ton of fun players, college ties, Americans, you name it, the Carry Challenger has it. Want to get into that draw and want to look at the other three Challenger events happening this week as well. Again, it's a set the scene sort of day here on today's show. Now, usually we do this on Tennis Point Tuesday with our guy, Nate Walrith. We'll continue to do this tomorrow as well as he plans on joining me on the podcast for a Wednesday. Wednesday edition of Tennis Point Tuesday, but again setting the scene for all of you week one of the home stretch of the 2022 season of course the reason we're able to do this day in day out here on this podcast is because of the support we get from all of you listeners who listened at a rate we've never seen before again record numbers for us during the 2022 u.s open we hope some of you decide to stick with us through the home stretch of this season and turn to us for your coverage of all things happening in the professional tennis world moving forward of course to our longtime crack rackets listeners thank you For your continued support, a thank you to the support we get from our friends at Tennis Point as well. They understand the necessity of having a daily podcast for tennis fans everywhere. There are seven to eight events you're monitoring this week alone. How are you going to keep track of everything if you don't have updates Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? We're able to do that here for you at Cracked Rackets due to the support we get from our friends at Tennis Point who provide all of the best tennis equipment at the best prices. Tennis-point.com. Use our promo code CR15. You'll get 15% off all sale items free. Two-day shipping on all orders exceeding $75. Best of all, a free can of Wilson Extra Duty Tennis Balls. Tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15. With that said, let's get into Week one of the home stretch of the 2022 season. Let's start with the WTA 250 action happening in Port Rose. I already alluded to it, but it's a big week for 19-year-old Emma Raducanu, who was able to sustain a top 15 ranking for the majority of this season. And why is that the case? It's because the ranking system is based on a 50-week formula. It takes your past 50 weeks of results, and as each new week on the calendar approaches, it drops off that corresponding week from the prior year. you look for Radhikandu? She was a Grand Slam champion for the past 49 weeks, right? She had that scale of points. I believe it's 2,000 total points if you win a slam just sitting on her resume and everything else she picked up between that and the start of the 2022 US Open was just really to pad her stats. You win a Grand Slam title, you're going to be the floor is top. 20 player and that's why she was able to creep up into the top 10 in July she did have you know a little bit of success Stuttgart quarterfinals wins a match at Australia wins a match at Indian Wells wins a match in Roland Garros all of those things were free points on her resume as she competed in none of those events in 2021 but now you know the debt has come or it's time to pay the debt it's time to the free ride I should say has ended for Emma Raducanu. And you look for her at the end of last season after the U.S. Open. She only won two matches, made a quarterfinal in Romania at the 250 level. So she doesn't have a ton of points to defend to end this season. And as such, given she still has a top 100 ranking, she really should be playing. Why not? You're 14 and 16 overall this season. You look for Emma Raducanu overall on the year. She has lost first round matches in six of the 16 events that she's played heading into Porto Rose. She has only played three matches in, I believe, three total events this year. No, four total events this season. She played three matches in Stuttgart, three matches in Madrid, three matches in D.C., three matches in Cincinnati. 30 matches through nine months of the season is just not a ton of match play. You know, three matches a month, that's not getting the job done. And for Raducanu, who is still 19 years old, is still just one of four teenagers in the WTA Top 100, Every match that she plays is another data point to pick up on, things she needs to do to get up to speed and get her game to where it needs to be. We know the return, the physicality, the backhand, it's all there. But her ability to create from the center of the court, her ability to earn more free points with her serve more consistently, and perhaps more importantly, put herself in advantageous positions and not just at the behest or at the... I suppose, in the control of her opponents who very frequently use that serve, if not as an approach shot, certainly as a table setter for the rally. It was a good win for Radakanu six two five three. before Diana Yastremska was forced to retire two points from the match ending, and we're not going to get into why retire when you're two points away. Why not just complete the match? I don't really care about that big picture. I did care about how measured Radakanu was. While the first serve wasn't landing, she only made 57% of them, I thought she was way more aggressive with that first serve. And you look for Radha she's someone who typically makes over 65% of her first serves, and yet she rarely wins over 60% of her first serve points. And so I wouldn't mind seeing a trade-off, maybe making fewer first serves, but being more aggressive with that first serve, trying to hit it a little bit bigger. And as she, you know, Turns 20, 21, 22, continues to develop physically. There should be more miles per hour on that serve, just inherently, as happens with every player throughout the course of their careers. But Raducanu is such an exceptional athlete. The serve is fluid. The you know the release, the toss, there are no hitches. You feel like that serve can potentially add five to I maximum ten miles per hour throughout the course of her career. And if she starts winning free points with how relentless she is, point in, point out. Her ability to absorb the first strike of Yastremska. her ability to spread the cord and force Yastremska to constantly hit on the run. You know, Raducanu was only broken once in this match. Part of that was it was an erratic performance from the always erratic Yastremska, but a good start for Emma Raducanu to this event. And now she's going to take on Anna Freedsome, Freedsome, a come-from-behind, I believe. She was down 6-love, 4-1, before ultimately flipping things against the talented Elizabeth Mandelik. Keep an eye on Mandelik. She's got some weapons. She's played a lot of close matches of late, even if she hasn't quite gotten over the finish line. But look, Freedsem's a very advantageous matchup for Radikana. You look for Freedsome overall on the year. She's currently ranked 213. She's 17-20 and 20 this season. This is her first, you know... Round, or I should say her second round of 16 at the tour level this season. I mean, talk about a massive opportunity for Radicano. Who, if she can absorb the first strike of Freedsome as she did against Yastremska and spread the court, it's a very similar game plan. And to be honest, Freedsome's not quite the athlete Yastremska is. So, this is an opportunity for Radicano to get a much needed quarter final. You know, again, should she get to the quarterfinals, now her section's loaded because you've got two players remaining who have been two of the quiet rising stars. It hasn't quite been the press of, right, a Shviontech or a Goff who at 21 and 18 respectively are Grand Slam champions and finalists respectively and are – Not quiet about their breakthroughs. You know they're coming. You know Jung Chin Wen pushing Iga to three sets at the French Open and, you know, the way she's ascended into the top 40. Some of these young players have asserted themselves perhaps more strongly than the two players I'm about to mention. But if you have been a longtime mini-break follower, you know we are All in on 20 year old now, 20 year old happy belated birthday. Diane Perry, former world junior number one, who's currently sitting at a career high number 71 in the live rankings. You look for Perry here this season 20 and 21 overall, but the big note is that she's played 30 tour level matches this year. She's only played 43 in her career. So Three-fourths of them have come in this 2022 season, and you look, you know, after starting the year in qualities, how she's ended this year at the tour level, reaching third-round Roland Garros, beating Krejcikova there, reaching third-round Wimbledon, beating Kanepi there, reaching quarterfinals in Palermo, semifinals in Granby, you know, beating Martin Sova and Tatiana Maria, two top 100 players to get there. Diane Perry has proven she belongs in the WTA top 100. She's that sort of special athlete. The quick, it's Tommy Paul, Davidovich Fokina, you know, esque in the spring. In her first step, how well she changes directions, how well she tracks down that extra shot. Now, her backhand, which is a one-hander, is very attackable. She likes to slice it. That slice will sit up to be aggressive with. But, man, she gets after the forehand. Man, is she a comfortable volleyer. Gosh, do I love that serve. There is a lot to like about the game of Diane Perry, who is coming quickly. Again, 14 and 16 in your first full year, really, of tour action or playing a majority WTA tour schedule for a now just-turned-20-year-old, you know, a teenager. She would have been the fifth teenager in the top 100 had she not turned 20 earlier this month, September 1st. Shout out. Um Yeah, Diane Perry is still alive in this first quarter and a player who is even a step above her, another former world junior number one, Anastasia Potapova, who is currently sitting at a career high, 45 in the live rankings. The now 21-year-old has had her best season of her career to date. You look at what she's accomplished this season, 31 and 20 overall. She wins the title in Istanbul as a qualifier back in April, finals in Prague uh, before getting knocked out by Buzkova, semifinals in Hamburg and Lausanne the two weeks prior was a slightly disappointing hard court stretch for her. Didn't win, um, you know, didn't play Canada. Gets through as a lucky loser in qualifying, but then knocked out an extraordinarily physical three-set first-round match uh, in Cincinnati to Simona Halep. Now, Potapova should have won that match, given Halep had played Canada the week prior and... I was at that match. Halep did not have a lot of juice left in the tank, and yet she found just enough to get through. You know, I like Diane Perry's ability to create with the serve, the forehand, a little bit better than I like Potapova's ability to create from the center of the court, but Potapova is so gifted physically. And again, both wings, forehand, backhand. She doesn't make a lot of unforced errors. She's able to drive down the line, able to drive cross court with depth, able to... I don't want to say move forward comfortably. She's not the greatest volleyer, but she's comfortable hitting the approach shot. And while her serve's not great, she's holding only 66.4% of the time, which is, you know, four and a half percent below the tour average of 70.9% of top 50 players. She's gotten a lot better. At that, That's 66.4, a career high for her, 4.5% above her career average. She also breaks serve 40.5% of the time. That's a top 10 number amongst top 50 players on the WTA Tour and speaks to how well-rounded she is from the baseline. Eileen Potapova in that matchup, particularly given Diane Perry had a very physical three-set win over Diane Vekic early in this event. But again, my favorite matchup right now on the board across WTA Tour level events would be that round of 16 match. Diane Perry versus Anastasia Potapova, two former World Junior number 1s going head-to-head for a quarterfinal. And again, the winner of that plays the winner of Radhikanu Fritsum. That's enough to get you to watch the action in Porto Rose. To go through a little bit more quickly for the draw here because I don't want to do that for everyone. Uh, Trevi Sen, Sinyakova is interesting. Sinyakova, of course, just completed the golden Double slam, winning gold medal, all four slams. She's also won the World Tour Finals, also won three or four junior slams with doubles partner Barbara Krachikova. Now she flies from New York to Porto Rose and she's going to play some singles action against number four seed Martina Trevisan. Now, Trevisan, hard courts, not exactly her recipe for success, but, you know, again, it's a tough flight. That could be a schedule loss easily for uh, – Katerina Sinjakova, meanwhile, Trevisan knocked out first round U.S. Open. She's had a couple of weeks to prepare to get restarted. You look in that section, Jasmine Paulini going to take on Kaya Yuvan for a shot in the round of sixteen uh, quarterfinals. Excuse me, very nice win for Kaya Yuvan as, in my opinion, a Belinda Bencic light, as I like to refer to the Slovenian. She gets a good victory over Alize Cornet, 7-6-6-3. Just a little too much juice from Yuvan, and she showed some good patience. Says, well, let's not forget Yvonne turns 22 at the end of November. I still think there's a second leap for her coming. I think she will make a little top 50 run at some point, should things click. So I'm not ready to give up my stock in Kaya Yuvan. You've also, as we turn towards the got- bottom half of the draw, uh, a couple more seeds still alive. ECAT, Ekaterina Alexandrova struggled today, but she survives. Three set win for ECAT over Marta Kostyuk. She'll now take on Lesia Tsarenko. Tsarenko, a three set win over Elenia Gabriela Rusa. Tsarenko sneaky good this year 28 and 13 overall it's sort of lingering in that top 100 range then you're gonna get power tennis martin sova taking on elena ribakina ribakina struggled today made just 50 percent of her first serves was broken four times yet survived six seven six four seven six over laura Siegemund in a match that maybe had five rallies go past 10 shots. Um, Rabakina didn't serve well, yet she found ways to stay competitive. She just plays so aggressive, so on her terms, even when she's not playing well. When the iron starts to strike, she can just go on a 10-minute run and rack up three games real quick. A good win for Rabakina, but certainly she's going to have to raise her level against the always tricky and... Powerful, sneaky powerful. Teresa Martin. sova Bottom half of the draw. Haddad Maya. Good win over Clara Tossen. 7663. Although Tossen looks better and better. I'm still holding my stock on a number for, another former World Junior number one in Clara Tawson. But Haddad Maya gonna take on Buxka. Zedanzik gonna take on Bogdan. You feel like Haddad Maya will see her in the semifinals of this Porterose event. With that said, let's now move over to our other. WTA 250 event happening this week in Chennai and I do apologize as I'm doing these shows I realize these episodes in particular can get a bit monotonous we don't have you know a a fantastic guest we don't have even a Nate Walrath to sort of shoot about well what are you watching as a fan what interests you and we'll do more of that tomorrow when he joins me for Tennis Point Tuesday on a Wednesday but Uh, You know, again, I realize that. I apologize. That said, you got to set the table. I want you listeners to know what you should be watching for this week as such, trying to spend a little time talking about all of these events. But to be honest, I don't – you know, again, Shania. It's a 250 event. There's certainly some players work wa- worth watching. I think Oksana uh, Selikmenteva is a talented Russian player to keep an eye on. She earned an impressive first-round victory, uh, and she's going to take on Magda Lynette. Keep an eye on that one. And, you know, you've got Rebecca Marino, the Canadian, seventh seed here. She's been serving well, playing great power tennis, very advantageous draw. Magda Lynette, always dangerous. Katie Swan, how about Anastasia Gasanova? No. Uh, Knocking out top seed Allison Risk in three sets. Gasanova, just another talented Russian, currently 23 years old. who You're just like another talented young Russian, another 23-year-old young talent. So you're just like keep an eye on uh, because – I feel like all of these players do enough things that it's going to be interesting to see which ones pop, which ones don't, and why they don't. But Katie Swan, good victory for Swan in round number one, one and two over former Ole Miss NCAA singles champ Aaron Hartono. Swan, Gasanova, big opportunity for both to reach a tour-level quarterfinal here. You've also got now Habino taking on Wang Chung. That's your top half of the draw, bottom half, we're on greatest of all time. Watch Linda Fruvertova, 17-year-old who has just accomplished so many remarkable things early in her career, still not eliminated from the greatest of all time discussion. She's currently sitting in the top of 150, the 17-year-old, in a three-set victory in round number one. She's going to take on five-seed Rebecca Peterson in round number two. Fruvertova coming off of that second-round appearance at the U.S. Open Uh you know, her pursuit of the top 100 to end this season. Something certainly to keep an eye on. Have to get a top 100 victory probably to do it. Rebecca Peterson offering her the chance at exactly that. You're also probably watching a couple of players returning from injuries who each have slam semifinals or better under their resume. Of course, I'm referring to Nadia Poraroska, who earned a straight set victory in round number one. She'll now take on fourth seed Tatiana Maria. You also have Jeannie Bouchard. Back from injury, back on court, back from the tennis channel booth. She earned a first round victory as well in straight sets. She'll take on wildcard Carmen Tendy for a spot in the quarterfinals. Certainly, again, some interest for us to keep an eye on in Chennai. You've also got the 125 in Bucharest for what it's worth. Serana Kirste, a top 40 player in the world with two WTA 250 events on the board, opts to go play this 125K mistake. And She's knocked out by Simona Waltert, the Swiss player. A 3-3 three three victory over the top seed. Just a rough day at the office for Kirstea. But you're asking the player I would be watching most closely in this event. I, w- I would have two of them for you. Julia Greber, the 26-year-old Austrian who's come on very strong of late on the ITF tour. She has now won six consecutive matches. Uh, won the title in Bari at the 125K last week. She's taken on Meyer. Sharon always tricky. myers who's made a living at that 125K level, two top 100 players, two 26-year-olds, I believe, uh, you know, looking to solidify themselves. So that's a fun matchup. And then how about former Junior Slam finalist Erica Andreeva? Andreeva now, what, 18 years old this year? Uh... Uh, earned an impressive first round victory did Andriva over Elisabetta Cochiretto one and four Andriva going to take on Marina Zanevska you know I call that Marina Zanevska McKenna Jones on steroids not a lot of weaknesses in her game really sound physically Andriva's going to have to do something exceptional to beat her that's a fun match to keep an eye on in the round of 16 and those two players in particular how about a former another former world junior number one Delma Golfi uh, gets another Another shot at Sarah Arani Arani beater 7-6 in the third a couple of months ago in a 125k final golfy uh, 49.7% underdog that is certainly probably your closest match on the day but with that said let's move over to the ATP challenger action happening this week and let's start with the carry challengers I had the opportunity to watch some of the action in carry first of all what a weird match between Dennis Kudla and Zach Svida. The top seed, Kudla, drops the first set with a bagel. Love six. Nothing you like more than a little Tuesday morning Asiago with cream cheese. But then comes back. Love six, six, two, six two win over the Svida man. Two guys like to find their rhythm. A lot of 10, you know, 15-ball rallies in this match. Kudla just had a little more juice on the backhand wing. His serve was a little bit more reliable, but... Kudla's probably an underdog if you're asking who has played better of late, Dennis Kudla or rising young player Emilio Nava. We saw Nava play a tight match at the U.S. Open, four sets with Andy Murray. Nava, 20 uh, years old, currently sitting at number 177 in the live rankings that's a career high. You look for Nava, former Junior Slam finalist, hits the snot out of the ball. So very much looking forward to that match. You've also you know, got a bunch of former All-Americans. Govan Nanda from UCLA got a good win over Rinky Hijikata. Keegan Smith of UCLA, very impressive win. And look, Keegan Smith's got everything you're looking for. Six foot 6'7", six, six, maybe even. Big man, big serve, but he can move as well. Strikes the ball so purely from the ground. Talent is never the issue with Keegan Smith and it's great to see him back healthy nice win for him three and six over Kruger you've got former college number one Dominic Kopfer shout out to Lane in the draw former TCU All-American Alex Rybakov former TCU All-American Nick Chapel. a uh, bunch of fun matchups as you look at round number two you know Michael Moe taking on Rybakov Smith versus Kopfer Kudla versus Nava Lots of juice in the draw. Got to give a shout out to my guy Stefan Kozlov. Got a win over my guy Canon Kingsley. Kingsley a very measured 6-2 first set, but. Kozlov amped up his serve in sets two and three and started going a little bit bigger from the baseline. The errors began to pile up for Kingsley. Uh, good fight by my guy, Oliver Crawford and Alex Kovacevic as well. Crawford a 6-2 and two loss to Mina, but it's worth noting the former Florida All-American Oliver Crawford, 11 ITF quarterfinals this season. Kavasovic tough draw. You feel like he could end up in the semifinals, finals of this tournament had he not drawn Dom Kovar, who's probably your favorite Let's see. According to the tennis abstract formula, Kopfer is indeed – oh, second favorite, Jordan Thompson, 23.9%. Kopfer 20.9%. But again – Kova draws a top two guy in his first round match. Tough luck for the former Illinois All-American. Of course, again, that's one of four challenger events on the week. Over in France, got a lot of big names. Hugo Gaston, my guy. Benoit Paire. You've got, uh, by the way, Hugo Gaston's my guy, not Benoit Paire. He's your top seed. Benoit Paire, you know, Ryan Penniston, the former Memphis All-American. Hugo Umber, Clement Shedek, the former Washington All-American. Peter Goyabchek. A lot of big names in the draw. And of course, perhaps most pressingly, is Dominic Team, who still doesn't quite have his rhythm, but physically does look better and better with every passing match and gets a good three set win over Jill Simone, who, if nothing else, will test you physically, test your patience, force you to make that extra ball. Team able to do that. He'll now take on the lefty Penniston. Will be interesting to see how Team recovers for what it's worth. Dominic Team. A 32.1 percent favorite, according to Tennis Abstract, to win the event. After that, it's Hugo Umber, who boy could have used some momentum. For those, for what it's worth, Umber, who of course. Reached number 25 in June of 2021. Umber, who has won ATP titles in Auckland, in Antwerp, in Hala. He's currently sitting at 139, is the 24-year-old, in the ATP rankings. So, needs a big ending to his 2022 season. I suppose that's something to keep an eye on. Over in Istanbul... Because we love to keep an eye on the college players. Worth noting, another former TCU All-American, Alistair Gray, into the round of 16, Henry Squire, an all-conference player for Wake Forest, going to get a shot at Al- at uh, Radu Elbot, the number two seed tomorrow. Your top seed, James Duckworth, knocked out by Lucas Rosal in round number one. Good win for the veteran for what it's worth. Uh, Radu Elbot, 28.5% favorite to capture the title. After that, it's Verdasco at 23.6%. 6%, and then you got the challenger happening over in Poland. And again, top seed already knocked out. Number one seed Federico Correa knocked out by... Raul Brancasio, uh, three and six in round number one for what it's worth, your favorite to win this event. A uh, couple of favorites. It's pretty tight. This is the tightest of the bunch. Roberto Carbez bena 24.1. Quarantine-Muté, 21.7. Del Delbonis, 17.7. Keep an eye on former world junior number two, though sung uh, who is the number three seed in this event. And I believe made his top 100 debut. In fact, he did currently sitting at number 88 in the live rankings is the 21-year-old you look for him here this season 36 and 19 overall and that includes a couple of Challenger finals and titles earlier this season. But with that in mind, that's week 1 of the 2022 home stretch again. We will be back tomorrow to explore the biggest storylines of the week with even more depth with our guy Nate Walrith from Tennis Point. Of course, a shout out as always to our super producer Daniel Westhoff on the ones and twos who has a f- of of editing job to do day in, day out. Not only editing this pod but editing our daily picks pod. Now you head on over to our Great Shot podcast feed, our GSP Ace of the Day segment now happening Monday through Saturday courtesy of our friends at DraftKings. Head on over there too hear about the value being offered to hear my picks for each and every day of course a shout out as always to our friends at tennis point for their support of this show tennis-point.com the promo code is cr15 of course for more daily updates go and follow us on social media Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We are at Cracked Rackets. You want to message me directly? I am at AL Gruskin. With that said, for our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Tennis Point, and from all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. That's the break. We'll talk to you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.